This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition, only on BFM 89.9. Good evening, it's 6.04pm I'm Uma Paganampake Pagan It is indeed Talk Back on the evening edition 0377109000 is the number to call, you can text us on 0162019000 you can tweet us at BFM Radio. Now do you find yourself doing things for your children that they are old enough to do for themselves, such as cutting up their food doing their washing or changing their sheets no comment. Do you avoid asking them because you assume they are too busy or because you don't want a row? Well, if that sounds familiar to you, you might just want to pay extra close attention to talk back this evening. Uh, BFM is presenting our first ever health event focusing on children's health this weekend. BFM's Health and Living Junior and today on Talkback, we're going to kick things off by exploring an area of parenting that many, many Malaysian parents whether we like, whether we like to admit it or not, are familiar with and it's the concept of over-parenting. Joining me on the show today, Dr. Yong Junina Fadzel, consultant pediatrician and pediatric cardiologist, as well as our very own Mira Sivasodi, BFM's health and living presenter. Mira, welcome to the show. Thank you. Look at you on Talkback. <laughs> um, now, now, we often approach the issue of over-parenting from a psychological point of view. It's usually uh, old-fashioned spoiling, unrealistic goals. But these days, science is showing that bubble-wrapping our kids, if you will, can have an adverse effect on their health as well. So, uh, Doc, I think we're going to kick things off with you before we go to the lines. Uh, Talk to us about bubble wrapping our kids and how it affects their health. Well, bubble wrapping, I think, takes on different meanings with different parents. Some parents think it's perfectly okay to keep a child indoors all the time and to avoid contact with dirty things like soil and all sorts of stuff, while other parents feel that it is perfectly okay for the child to roll in the mud. And uh, each parent will have their own reasons for saying one or the other. But I think generally, as parents, we, ha- we ought to protect our children from harm. We should not allow them to run straight into the streets without teaching them first to look right, left, and to assess their level of maturity. At the same time, we should not be holding their hands when they're 25. Take note, my dear doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you think Ouch. we've become like that, um, Dr. Young? Because we, I think generally, would you say parents are more paranoid today? I think parents are more aware of what dangers there are out there. I think, you know, like many other things, we went through it. We were young ones, okay? Like my dad used to say to me last time, look, been dead, done that. You do not go to a pub when you go to university, okay? And you can't argue. Said, I've done that. I was there. And I think similarly, we went through those things. We used to play and run around, cycle in our grandmother's village. I nearly fell into a well. And, uh, <laughs> yes. So now we want to make sure that our children don't encounter such dangers. Don't step on a rusty nail. Don't get bitten by a dog. And, but sometimes we don't know when to stop. We don't know when to pull back. Because nobody ever taught us that. Mm-hmm. But of course, part of who we are is because I burnt my leg on a my motorcycle exhaust and stepped on a rusty nail and fell into a giant monsoon drain <laughs> when I was like seven years old and playing in the on monsoon drain. Time. I know. So, I mean, don't you think that's part of who we are and that builds character? In a way, yes. But if it's fatal... Well, yes, there's always that. But we we live in a safer environment, definitely. We do, definitely. Compared to before, yes, a lot of safety regulations have come into play. Cars for today, uh, today, for example, are a lot safer. However, cars are a lot faster. And so the next step comes in, car seats and the importance of it. Swimming pools, swimming in the river isn't quite so common anymore, especially in the cities when there are no rivers. But you swim in the pool, pools have become deeper. You have wet parks and then comes the danger associated with that. Houses are multiple stories, but instead of falling onto the soil as you would in a kampung house, you fall onto marble floors. You get brain injury and that may be fatal or that can cause debilitating uh, disabilities following the fall. So again, there's a new thing that comes in. With every safety measure that we have taken, with every step of progress, comes a new set of dangers. Mm-hmm. All right, we want to know your thoughts as well. Are we over-parenting? Do you find yourself 
over parenting and and uh, uh, victim the uh, right word to use I was going to say were you the victim of over parenting I wasn't like I think my parents would get concerned if I came home bleeding right <laughs> what happened to you um, so uh, call us on zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand you can text us on zero one six two zero one nine thousand we'd love your thoughts on the matter now also don't forget we're, we we've got this health and living event coming up and we're going to give out ten pairs of tickets to our loyal listeners to to win a pair all you have to do is take part in our SMS poll and answer this question. Do Malaysians overparent our kids? You can text yes or no to 0162019000 along with your full name and IC number and stand a chance to win tickets to BFM's Health and Living Junior. That's this Sunday, November 13th, 2016, between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. at Connection at Nexus Bangsa South. You can also, you know, you know, if you think you're not going to be lucky today and win a pair of tickets, you can, of course, go and register on our website website to bfm.my tickets are uh, bfm.my slash health tickets are still available uh, call us on zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand and tell us if you think we're a bunch of overparenters. in the meantime here's some music love letter clary brown and the rackets bfm 89.9 zero three double seven one zero nine thousand to talk back bfm 89.9 Good evening. This is Talkback Thursday on the evening edition. We're talking about overparenting this evening. And I'm joined by Dr. Yong Junina Fadzil. She's a consultant pediatrician and pediatric cardiologist, as well as our very own Mira Sivasodi, BFM's health and living presenter. Uh, because BFM is organizing its first ever health and living junior conference this Sunday, November 13th, 2016, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Connection in Nexus Bangsa South. Uh, it's going to be a, a full day of conference conversations about you and your children, right? Because it's something that's on every parent's mind. Uh, you can call us because we're asking you about your thoughts on overparenting. Do you find yourself doing it? Were you the victim of overparenting, if you will? And and what its effects were on you and your childhood? Uh, call us on zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. You can text us on zero one six two zero one nine thousand. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. We're going to the phone lines. We have on the line one Mrs. Umpy. <laughs> Hello, Mother. Hello, Mrs. Ambi. How are you? Hi. Um, hi, everyone. I am fine. Thank you very much. I think we overparent now. But when I was a parent long, long ago... Yes, tell us, when Mother. My, when, and my, my daughter was in uh, BBGS. The kids used to wash their toilets because every kid was assigned a toilet. And the parents were delighted that the kids were learning to do Subsequently, I heard from another school when the kids were assigned toilets and they had to clean their own toilets, the parents were up in arms. Why can't a child learn to clean the toilet that they're using in the school? So what's wrong with the parents? The problem is we don't teach our children how to clean the toilets okay. at home. So they don't do it in school. Sure. Uh, I, I have a, else. I I have a, a question, question on cleanliness for Dr. Yong, but before that, uh, Mrs. Ampi, can you share yes. something with us about Uma, which, you know, you really? feel you were probably over-parenting? Really, Mira? <laughs> well, there Come was only on. one time when I thought I was over-parenting when Uma would never go to school if he hadn't done his homework, <laughs> which meant he always wanted to do his homework, but sometimes when a good oh. TV program was on, he wouldn't. But then That's he been would known then to happen. Fuss. Yes, then he would. And I made it a point to go every month to the teacher just to find out whether he was behaving, whether he was doing his homework, whether he was a good student. And the teacher told me, Mr. Sambi, don't come on a regular basis. If there is a problem, we will call you. And I said... I don't think I will wait for a problem. I will still come and see you. But that's mainly because I wanted my son to have an impeccable record in school as a good kid. Fantastic. That's a good, that's a good story, Mum. Yeah. Well <laughs> Thank done. You Thank you so much, much for calling. Thank you, Mrs. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I think parents today do a lot of that. And in fact, that was just Uma in school. But you find people over-parenting even up to university level. Yes, I think it's important that we assign responsibilities to children so that they, they learn about responsibilities and they learn to be accountable for their actions. I mean, when I was a child, 
the teacher actually wrote in my report book that I should be allowed to do housework because I complained that I was not allowed to do any housework. <laughs> oh, that's great. Mates, yeah. You see? And I You're think, a weird kid, Dr. Yong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a weird grown-up too. <laughs> but I think, you know, they take pride that they've done something and I think they grow up to be more responsible and they know that they can be held accountable for their actions. They're less, less likely... To, to do things in a hurry, to be brash about things. And I think they grow up to be more responsible. Going back to the toilets, I don't think it's a bad thing if they're just cleaning a toilet in school yep. uh, or their own bathrooms at home. Which brings me to, are we too clean today? Are we paranoid about cleanliness? To a certain extent, we are. I find that more parents are very cautious about their children touching surfaces. I have parents who are worried about letting their kids play outside. <laughs> You know, playing outdoors, touching the soil. When my son was younger, we took him to that little park in front of Tugu. And before I knew it, he was up on the slope and he was rolling down. And just as I was laughing at it, I found that 10 other kids had followed suit. And I could see the looks of horror on their mother's faces. On the parents' faces. faces. <laughs> I pretended not to know that kid who started it. <laughs> I, I swear I've eaten a lot of soil, you know, because that's what you do as yeah, a kid. But how bad can it get? And why have we become so, you know, obsessed about cleanliness? I think because there's so much information out there about this deadly disease and the other. And we're so worried. And also because now... If a child gets sick and the child can't be sent to nursery, you don't have the luxury of an extended family to take care of your child at home. And if you keep asking for time off from your boss, you're not going to like it. So like it or not, you want to keep your child as healthy as possible. And one thing that comes to mind is your mom saying, there, there you go, bite your nails some more, now you're going to get sick. <laughs> so mm. you keep your nails clean, you keep your children's hands clean because they keep putting their hands in the mouth. And because you don't always have a tap and you start using all these wipes and whatnots, you know, but after a while it becomes like an obsession. You wipe everything so that your child doesn't have the smallest chance of getting a germ and getting sick. And that's not good, though, because, you know, that uh, we have issues with our natural immunity whenever that happens. Yes, it's not good to be, to go, to be overzealous in anything even completing your homework all the time. <laughs> then you never know what it's like to be scolded. Yes, T- uh-huh. TV, man. TV was the bane of homework for me. Uh, <laughs> folks, call us on 0377109000. You can text us your thoughts on 0162019000. We want to know, uh, I suppose, about your parenting techniques and whether you would classify yourself as someone who over parents who looks uh, you know who looks out for every aspect of your child's well-being do you find yourself at school every month checking up on whether your kid has done homework and um, um tell us your stories or or if you if you had parents who overparented you uh, we want to know zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. don't forget folks bfm's health and living junior is also happening this sunday november 13th 2016 at connection at nexus bangsa south you can register on our website bfm.my slash health or or if you think you're lucky and want to win a pair of tickets all you have to do is answer this very simple question do Malaysians overparent our kids? It's a poll on SMS. You can just text yes or no to 016-201-9000 along with your full name and IC number and you could win yourself a pair of tickets. We've got more music coming your way. The Travelling Wilburys, She's My Baby on BFM 89.9. Good evening. This is the Evening Edition. This is Talk Back Thursday. Uma with you along with Mira and Dr. Junina Fadzel, Dr. Yong Junina Fadzel. She's a consultant pediatrician and pediatric cardiologist. We're talking today about children and overparenting because BFM is having its very own Health and Living Junior Conference. It's going to be a huge day-long conversation about you and your kids happening this Sunday, November 13th, 2016 at Connection at Nexus. And we're asking you whether you're an overparenter or uh, someone who was overparented growing up. Uh, call us on 0377109000. You can text us on 0162019000. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. We've got Vic Victor on the line. Ah, Victor, you think you underparent, but your daughter thinks you overparent. <laughs> Victor, good evening. Are you there? Hello. Hey. Yeah. So to the question whether am I overparenting, I think it all depends on who this question is asked to, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm underparenting, but my daughter obviously think I'm overparenting. There is a Chinese. Say there is a Mandarin. Uh, this this a Hokkien saying. Uh, 
the the rough translation is if you hold it too hard, you are worried that you may kill 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 it. Yeah. Or if you let go, you are worried that you will fly away. Right. So I think how to strike the balance always. I think this is an everlasting problem. Victor, give us a give us an example of uh, your under slash over parenting. Uh, okay. For example, the question of curfew. I impose a curfew, which I think is very lenient. <laughs> when when she go out, she has to come back by one a.m. in the oh, morning. That is very lenient. Yes. How old is your daughter, yeah. Victor? Eighteen. <laughs> yeah, that's very lenient. Oh, my yeah, daughter! My oh, children's oh, bedtime is nine o'clock. <laughs> Still, and they're twenty-five. Obviously, it's <laughs> not lenient enough for my daughter, so that's why we always have a quarrel over this. Well, well, no, you're absolutely right. Well, thank you so much for your call, Victor. That's interesting, right? I mean, he's right. It's it's times have changed. Uh, I think uh, when I was growing up, I had a curfew around midnight ish. Uh, of course, my curfew was different from my sister's because I was a yes. boy. <laughs> but even then, we were always negotiating. It was always a back and forth with the parents. Okay. I, I just have one question: yeah. How much of our values and belief system affects how whether or not we overparent? I think a lot. I think cultural and societal norms determine what it is that we do for our children. For example, if we compare parenting in the West as opposed to parenting in Asia and in the East, we find that parents tend to do a lot more for children at an older age compared to, say, a child who grows up in the U.S. or the U.K., you see, children as old or as young as four or five are sometimes still fed by a family member here mm-hmm. because they believe that a child who's not fed will just play with the food and not eat, hmm. and the child will not grow and become skinny, and then people will say you're not a feeding bad your parent child. And yeah, yes, you see. So we tend to feed to make sure that all the veggie and the meat go in. Otherwise, the child will just tap at the bowl and not eat. A child at two or three. Not only is the child fed, but the, the parents tend to follow the child around just to make sure she finishes a bowl of food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is all cultural and societal norms. To a certain extent, we have to change that. But not everything can be changed because not everything that is right in our society is wrong. Mm-hmm. We'll come yeah. back. I mean, we, I want to find out about this Asian thing about how we feel, how, you know, we, our children must be chubby. Um, otherwise, oh, something's not right. Correct. <laughs> so correct. We'll come and get your thoughts about the that. The kind of questions you get, like, if you have a thin child. <laughs> Call us on 0377109000. You can text us on 0162019000. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking you today whether we overparent as Malaysian parents. Uh, don't go anywhere. This is Talk Back Thursday on the evening edition, BFM 89.9. You there? Open your mouth and. It's Talkback Time on BFM 89.9. Good evening. It's Talkback Thursday on the evening edition 0377109000 is the number to call. You can text us on 0162019000. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking you today about the effects of overparenting. And the reason we're doing this is because BFM is having its very own health and living junior event this Sunday, November 13th, 2016, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Connection at Nexus. It's going to be uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. a huge conversation about you and your pa- and your children, everything you need to know to be, well, better parents, right? Joining me today, Dr. Yong Junina Fadzil, consultant pediatrician and pediatric cardiologist, as well as Mira Sivasodi, BFM's health and living presenter. And we're asking you, are, you, are we overparenting as Malaysians? Do you find yourself overparenting? Or do you, you know, just give your child an iPad and leave them alone? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, call us and we'd love to know your thoughts. In the meantime, uh, we're going to go to the lines. Here's Mr. Tan. Uh, Mr. Tan, you think parents are forced to overparent nowadays. What do you mean by forced? Well, um, when I was was, uh, um, a kid, I was slightly overparented. So so I I thought to myself that I won't overparent my kids. Um, But... I think, I mean, for the start, when they were kids, they, they were toddlers and they were babies, then I didn't overparent. I, mean, I let them play in the, on the garden and stuff. Like that. Right. But, but when they started school and they started to grow up, uh, there's so much information, information overload in a way, you know, uh, internet, um, and the education system has, has sort of forced us to keep up with, you know, uh, how advanced the education system is now 
uh, as much as I am not uh, sort of pay attention in the beginning to my eldest son, for example. But but lately, I have to pay a bit more attention to his, to his uh, studies because it's so difficult for them nowadays. So that's why, in a way, we are forced to over-parent, to, to be a very uh, attentive parent. Mr. Tan, I have to ask you though, do you do you often feel the judgment of other parents as well? Is there pressure? No. I actually I don't really care about it. <laughs> Good on you. But, yeah, but you know, that's the that's the thing. I um for me uh, when I see when I send my son to school, there is so much over parenting and uh, I mean to be frank it's it's overwhelming and I pity the kids but uh, and you know, they stay in school from morning up to the recess time, looking at the kids' study, for example, which I think is a bit too much. I, I don't do that, but um, uh, for my son, for example, uh, I mean, lately, he, he, he took his exams. So we sort of decided that we had to do something because he didn't really do well in exams. And in a way nowadays, how the world works is you have to do well in the exams to actually achieve something, right? It's so competitive nowadays. How old is your son? Seven. He's only a standard one. <laughs> Do you think you succumb to pressure in the end? Sorry, what's that? Do you think you have succumbed to pressure? No. He's the type who... People say, he doesn't care. <laughs> what are your concerns with regards to his exam results? Do you think that it's going to matter when he grows up? What he did and how he performed in standard one? No, it doesn't matter. But I think he has to be... He has to start a momentum. Because I don't want him to to be left behind. So in a way, yes, there is some pressure because when the when the, 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 the child is sort of like um, in school, at the, let's say, for example, at last in school or what, you know, that kind of thing, he will feel the pressure when he grows up. So he needs to build the momentum of, of studying and stuff that now itself. Okay, I think... Um, Mr. Tan, thank you so much for yeah. your call. You know, I see that as well. If you go to places like Publica and Bangsa, I see parents with really young kids, I mean at toddler age, and they have these flashcards, and they're like flashing the flashcards. In, in the front, public place? Uh, at, at, you know, these hipster cafes and breakfast places. I've seen it happen, and I'm just like, wow, that is too much at two years old. That's just showing off, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Trying to breed a genius. <laughs> I think the underlying problem is, Dr. Yong, that we feel we, our children will be left out. Yeah, I think that's, that's also what I understood from the conversation we had, that we are pressured subconsciously, subliminally, that into believing that if our children do not get a head start in life, they will fall behind. But... You see, a child's right is to play. That is the basic fundamental right of a child. Don't tell them that. <laughs> Children don't listen. <laughs> My kids especially. But it is true. It's but uh, it is their right because yeah. it is through play that they learn. Because through play they explore, they discover, they take risks. When they build with bricks and the bricks topple over, they learn that the base should be broader than the top. <laughs> yes. And you know... If you play ball and you want to be bossy and you want the ball all the time, all your friends desert you, you learn that's not quite the way to make friends. But you keep them cooped up in the house only with books. One day they will burn out. One day they will rebel. They will retaliate. And to me, if you've hit rock bottom, there is no other way to go but up. And the best time to experience failure is as in primary school. I remember telling my dad once, jokingly, that his beloved grandson, my youngest, got number, 20, number, 30, number 30 out of 32. Okay, that was in Senate 1 or Senate 2. And I said, you know, dad, your grandson got number 30. And he got up and he shook my son's hand. And he said, congratulations, if you draw a circle, number 30 out of 32 is closer to number 1 than number 9 is. <laughs> you would not have gotten that response from your dad at, your, at that age, right? Oh, no, no, he would have laughed at me. Oh, he too. would have laughed. Yes, because he appreciated the fact that you need to develop in a holistic manner. Yeah. Just reading and studying does not make you... A, a better child, a better grown-up. You've got to be a balanced child. You've got to have a balanced childhood. Also, schools at Standard 1, no need exam last schools. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. You shouldn't have streaming. What you should have is a special class for children who have learning disabilities. And then the others should be mixed together. But there are parents who complain and object. And the schools have no choice but to restream. Yeah. Oh, the importance of play. Where does that come into all of this? Play is the fundamental right 
of a child to develop. Mm-hmm. And you've got if you learn under duress and stress, you're not going to learn much. If you learn through play, you learn a lot. You learn matching, you learn counting. You know, you can learn a lot through what seems to be trivial play. You learn how to read through play as well. Yeah. And of course, these days, even stuff like coding, they're teaching yes. through play, right? It's, it's yes. pretty incredible. Uh, we're asking you today about overparenting, folks. Do Malaysians overparent our children? Call us on 0377109000 or text us or your thoughts on 0162019000. We've got Abdul Aziz on the line who was brought up by overparenting. Abdul Aziz, tell us your story. Yes, yes. Uh, my name is Abdul Aziz from KL. Okay, hello. Yes, you are here. Carry on. Yeah. Okay, I am brought up on uh, older, uh, but as you say, over parenting. Uh, <clears throat> I've been uh, always been very pampered by my parents, and I followed everything whatever my parents say. Even though I got married, it was not for my choice. It's not it was not of my choice, but my parents' choice. But after getting married. To my wife, uh, they are rebellious against me. Um, they have problems with my business, problems with me, until I have to vacate my house. You know, I have to live elsewhere. Uh, and the thing is, this they, they are saying that you know they are over, uh, you know, they are over anxious, you know, to, you know, to get me married to someone who is actually they they feel that you know their own parenting may fail. So, they, in essence, they're still over-parenting in many ways. Exactly, correct. Your thoughts, so I, Dr. I, what, I, what I'm trying to say, they're against me. Oh, they're Doc, against me. Now, I'm staying outside on my own. You know, the thing, I've listened everything, whatever they say. I've brought, I'm a graduate, I've been to UK, i studied there, I've got brought back my degree, it's just because of them. I can even, you know, I can even give them my head my life for them but when they got got me married after that they are rebellious against me against my married life you know don't want to see me you know don't want to see my wife is this is, is, is that I just want to ask you is that justice thank you very much for your call Abdul Aziz I think Abdul Aziz has brought up an important point, the consequence of controlling your child's life. Because what we've heard is a child who grew up, uh, who was very obedient as a child and followed whatever was asked of him to the point of uh, marrying the person chosen by his parents. But what we also see, the fact that he did that meant that he was never allowed to explore his own thoughts. He was never allowed to make decisions. And decision-making skills have to come from a young age because when you're younger, disastrous decision-making is just like wearing mismatched clothes to the mall. But when you're older, if you do not acquire those basic skills, your decision-making you know, may actually have a bigger impact more than just wearing mismatched clothes and wrong shoes. And you've got to have that confidence to go out for a job interview, to say your mind, to speak your mind, and to stand firm on you know on your beliefs, and it is important that parents, while they want to protect their children, allow a certain leeway for mistakes to be made. What we are producing are children who are afraid of failures, who've never tasted failure in early childhood, and are thus afraid to fail. So they will not venture beyond their comfort zone. Because what if I don't get number one? And also, I guess an important point from Abdul Aziz's story as well is knowing as parents when to stop. Because you could easily switch over from love to resentment. Yes, because the parents probably feel betrayed. Or, you know, Is that their coping mechanism? I have no idea. <laughs> because you've got to have the whole story to know. You've got to hear the other side of the story before we can actually decide which is which, you see, and what actually happened. But... We, as, as parents, have got to be careful that we allow our children to make some mistakes. We allow them to fail. I always tell my people, I don't tell my kids, anyway, they're too old now. <laughs> we, I always tell people that it's okay to let your, your child fail in primary school because then they will know that they have to do something to improve. Just ask them, so what do you think of your marks? Uh, didn't do so well. So what do you need to do but to work harder? How do you want to work harder? Can we turn off that games console, please, so that you can work a little harder? <laughs> you know, that's not exactly going to give you the grades that you want. And it's not fair on the child 
for you, for a parent to say you must get all A's, but mom, all I want to do is this. No, you must be a doctor or an engineer, otherwise you'll be letting the family down. Down, yeah. Because it's, it's a very Asian thing as well. But you see, you've got to let the children decide, and this comes from teaching them how to make decisions, so that when they grow up, they make the right decision. They choose the field of their choice. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking today about overparenting, folks. Uh, BFM is having its very own Health and Living Junior event this Sunday, November 13th, 2016 at Connection at Nexus Bangsa South. Now, you can win yourself a pair of tickets to this event. All you have to do is take part in our SMS poll. You can just answer this very simple question. Do you believe that Malaysians overparent our kids? Text yes or no to 016-201-9000 along with your full name and IC number. And question again, do Malaysians over parent our kids just text yes or no to 016-201-9000 now keep your calls coming in to answer the question are malaysians over parenting 0377109000 the evening editions talk back thursday we'll be back after these messages on bfm 89.9 time for the four t's tweet text talk talk back on bfm 89.9 that's right. Talk back Thursday on the evening edition, 0377109000. It's a number to call. You can text us on 0162019000. Now, BFM is having its very own Health and Living Junior event. You know, we had a Health and Living event earlier this year. This one is specially targeted towards you and your kids. It's this Sunday, November 13, 2016. Uh, joining me today to talk all about, well, pa- overparenting is Dr. Yong Junina Fadzil, consultant pediatrician and pediatric cardiologist, as well as our very own Mira so the BFM's Health and Living presenter. Uh, we've had a whole bunch of calls already. Uh, we've even had a call from someone who's been overparented his whole life. We want to know your thoughts on that and we want to know if you were someone who has been overparented and how you feel about that. Don't worry, I'm sure your parents are not listening. You can share all your deepest, darkest secrets with us. Uh, let's go to the lines. We've got Ian on the line. Hey, Ian, you do believe that Malaysians overparent. Tell us more. Ian, are you there? Oh, no, sorry, Ian, we lost you. Uh, please call us back and we'll push you to the front of the queue. In the meantime, let's speak to PK. Um, PK, you say that every parent has their method to counter overparenting. What do you mean by that? Um, it's, uh, you see, I've got, I've, I may start with my, myself. Sure. I've got three children. When they were, you know, when, when my son went to study in Singapore, you know, we send him there, we leave him there, and then we come back. And leaving Singapore, we came back with a very heavy heart. You know, how is my son going to do? You know, what's going to happen? How old was he? He was uh, 16. Carry on. 16 years old. So when 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 we left, the matron told us, he said, you have to let it go. Because if he's now only in Singapore. Later on, when they sent him to Australia, or maybe America or Singapore, or somewhere very far, he'll be like, you know, he'll be very far away from you what are you going to do you know when something happens so it's like it's like when 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 we want to let him develop you know we have to let him we have to put him somewhere not purposely but sometimes circumstances warrant it right I remember when they were young right they wanted to play PlayStation and, and things like that so we buy them and then they come and tell me that we go to the cyber cafe so I say no but if you want to go I'll go with you you know I'll just leave you there for a few hours, you will be, you will be there. We'll say, I see the way for you. I let you experience it. Or I ask them, does your friend smoke? They say some do. Do you want to smoke? And then uh, we don't know. So I buy a packet of cigarettes. Okay, you want to try? We try together with me. Then you see how it is. You know, I let him have his choice and let him, let him do what he wants to do with me when I'm there and experience it. So that when when they grow up further and they mix with friends, they say, ah, this is, this is something. You know, I, 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 I don't want to be a try. So the moral of the issue is, I don't know whether I'm overparenting or letting them win free, but they are grown up now. You know, one, uh, they, are, they are grown up now. So I think they also say, when sometimes they go, go to entertain with friends and all that, they just have a beer, that's it. That's all I, I want to take. I don't want to take. You know what, because it's not good. So whether I'm, I'm being overparenting or maybe I'm, I'm restricting him or not, you tell me whether I am or not. <laughs> Thank you Thanks for, for your call, PK. A fine line between encouraging and empowering or educating. I think uh, what Mr. PK has uh, told us shows, you know, he's empowering his children. He's actually 
enlightening them, letting go, but at the same time, not allowing them to have a free fall. He's a safety net at the end. And uh, Okay, smoking is legal below a certain age, so I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> okay, but uh, in other terms, like he, lets, he sends him to Singapore, and then, but he's not sending the boy into the wilderness. He's sending to a boarding school because there's a matron. So that it must have been a boarding school. So the boy is still t- being taken care of. It's just that you're, to a certain extent, extending the apron strings, not entirely cutting, you know. But you're not keeping him at home because it's not fair if the child wants to go to keep him against his will. And yes, there's a fine line between allowing your child to explore and being a neglectful parent. There's a fine line between being a vigilant parent and being an overprotective parent. But I I suppose the key word there is empowering your child. You have to empower and educate only then. And you have to tell them cause and consequence. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, we've got Vanan on the line. Vanan, you have your own way of parenting. Tell us more. Hello, Vanan, are you there? Oh, Valen, we seem to have lost you. Ah, the line got cut. Call us back and we'll push you to the top of the queue. Um, in the meantime, let's hear from May. Uh, May, you think some do and some don't. Tell us more. No, I think some, a lot of mothers have unconditional love. That's why they suffer this sin and they, they pay a lot of attention to their children, too much attention. But there are also those uh, parents who really uh, find their children a hassle, you know, and... A nuisance. And sometimes they scold their children incessantly in public. So I have to remind them sometimes to appreciate or menikmati the children so that they be able to grow up to have the yakin and a lot of confidence in them. Quite often, parents leave the children wandering about in the supermarkets and, and don't really care about that, especially in the public toilets. That's when all the children get missing. So, hello. Yeah, yeah, we're here. Yeah, yeah. When they don't over, don't parent themselves, uh, the children enough. So this is where the the problem lies. Thank you, you very much. Yeah, thank you very thank much. You very much thank you for that. Um, no, we, so that's a real concern, isn't it? Yes. I mean, the security concern is a big reason why parents tend to overparent these no, I days. I think me has brought up a very valid point. On the one hand, some parents go overboard. A, a mother's love is unconditional, but there is such a thing called tough love too. If you love, if you love someone, set it free. If it comes back, it is yours. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, if you love your child, make sure that he grows up to be a lovable adult. Loved by others too. Make sure that when he grows up, people don't say, oh my God, you know, <laughs> what happened there? So it's our responsibility to make sure that he also grows up to be right. Because at a certain point, we ourselves may wonder what we have done. And by that, it may be a bit too late to reverse the effects. Yes, cuddle your child by all means. There's never too much love to go around. But at the same time, limits and boundaries have to be set so that they are not a nuisance to society. You can let your child run around in the mall, but what if he trips over an elderly person or even me trying to walk around, you know, tittering with a bad knee? What if he caused injuries to others? What if somebody were to come and scoop him up? Tears, all the tears in the world may not bring him back. So again, that would be neglectful parenting to some. That would be allowing a child to run free to others. There is also this debate about overpraising our children. Yes. Where do you stand at this? Praises are important, positive reinforcements are important, but don't go overboard. I'm most familiar with music, so I'll use music as an analogy. Just because our child at the age of 15 can play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, you can say, well done. It's not, he's not Good, Mozart. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I was getting at. Let's not go overboard with that. Let's say, good job. Now can we move on to the next project? So that you give him positive encouragement. You don't say, oh my God, what's that sound? Because that's going to discourage and kill his interest altogether. But you say, good job, good attempt. Now shall we move on? You know what? You can do much better if you practice a little longer. Yeah, the Arif. Poor Arif. Let me tell you, this whole show is Dr. Young's secret messaging, subliminal messaging to her own kids. Yes, 25, right? 23 and 15. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Curfew, 9pm. 
No, curfew is a lot long later for the older kids. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, we're talking to you today about over-parenting. Do you find yourself over-parenting? Call us on 0377109000. You can text us on 0162019000. And we're also giving away 10 pairs of tickets to BFM's very first Health and Living Junior event. To take part, all you have to do is answer this SMS poll. Do Malaysians over-parent our kids? Text yes or no to 0162019000 along with your full name and IC number. Uh, Mira, myself and Dr. Yong will be back after the news. Uh, Dr. Yong is also going to be on panels at the Health and Living Junior event. So, you know, you can come and catch her there as well this Sunday, November 13, 2016, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Connection at Nexus Bangsa South. Don't go anywhere. Talk back Thursday. We'll be back. BFM 89.9. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition, only on BFM 89.9. Good evening, folks. It's Talk Back Thursday on the evening edition. 03-771-09000 is the number to remember and call. You can text us on 016-201-9000. You can tweet us your thoughts at BFM Radio. We're talking today about the effects of over-parenting. Uh, we're asking you whether we are massive over-parenters as Malaysians. I've seen it happen all around me. Um, are you the victim? of overparenting. Call us and tell us what your thoughts are. And we're doing this because uh, BFM is having its very first Health and Living Junior event, uh, an event that's focused entirely around you and your kids. It's uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. this Sunday, November 13, 2016, at Connection at Nexus Bangsa South. It's going to be a day full of great conversations and you're going to learn quite a bit. So you want to come for that. BFM.my slash health is where you can go and register. Tickets are still available. Uh, Joining me this evening, Dr. Yong Junina Fatzel, consultant pediatrician and pediatric cardiologist. She's also one of our speakers at Health and Living Junior, as well as Mira Sivasodi, our very own Health and Living presenter from the bigger picture. Now, we were talking, uh, Mira, earlier about, um, well, I, I casually mentioned when we, when we went to the news that um, I give iPads to all yes, of the young do. people I know. And screen parenting has become a bit of a thing these days. I often see... A bit of a thing? Okay, yeah. I see kids in prams, you know, <laughs> like, you know, in those twin prams, both kids holding iPads, right? That's a huge problem. So, Doc, what do we think about screen parenting? The American Academy of Pediatrics is... Oh, we went straight to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Yes. It says no screen time for children under the age of two, with the exception of FaceTime with relatives or grandparents. Right. And this is so that they can develop social skills, speech and language skills, instead of just being glued to the set. Oh, and of course, it's not just TV, right? Because it's interactive. It's everything. It's yeah. everything. TV, computer, videos, YouTubes, um, gadgets, tablets, no brands named, <laughs> uh, or even phones with uh, mobile videos. You see? Because once children are hooked on these gadgets, once you give them, they just immerse. They no longer need to talk to you. They no longer need a language because they're not talking to the screen. I had... Uh uh, but that's me nagging you. Well, no, I know, but a friend of mine, a friend of mine has a has a little kid, and we were at her house one day, and she was looking through um, photo albums, and the kid was sitting on her lap, and the kid was swiping the page. Yes, of the album of the of the physical photo yes. album because that's how she figured, you know, you flip yes. through photos. What's that's your, amazing. What's your biggest concern, Doctor Young? What I am seeing today is children who have been given or exposed to gadgets from such a young age that they come to me at two years with hardly any speech and they have poor eye contact. Wow. Because they no longer see the need to socialize, is it? They're talking or rather they're interacting with a gadget, with a tablet. And there is one-way communication. The tablet talks to them and then they respond. The other thing is, of course, they get instant enumeration you press this and this comes on you press a red uh, button and you get sound or you get an animated uh, short uh, movie or something you see and so they want things in an, in an mm-hmm. instant so you know milk 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 you say wait wah that's what you get mm-hmm. you see and parents are very quick to say my kid has ADHD or my kid has ADD but is the kid really hyperactive? Is the kid really, you know, attention it's sort deficit? Sort of instant gratification. Or is it? it, yeah, is is the kid just being 
trained to be like that because of the instant gratification that they get from the gadgets. This is all part of President Trump's plan. Uh, We're (laughs) going to go to the lines. Uh, We've got Paramese on the line. Uh, Paramese, we're over-parenting, but you say that we don't give kids enough freedom to move around. Yes. Good evening to all of you. Good evening. Very interesting conversation. Thank you. I'm a grandparent, and I also have a seven-year-old child, and um, I can see the difference in their bringing up, their growing up and everything. And when I make a comment to my daughter to tell her she has been watching TV for too long, I think she should be taken out. And she's been indoors for too long. She says, Mommy, it's not the same uh, style of parenting these days. They have to be in par with other children. They learn a lot. They are well, uh, you know, versed in their nursery rhymes, this and that. But I said, all these things can happen at any time. There's no need for a child at a tender age to, you know, rhyme all these things. They can learn it at any time, any cost. But very important is that they need more time outside the house. And now these parents are so busy with their work and what all, they leave it to grandparents. And how much can grandparents do it for them? We are not as young and running like them, and we can't chase after them in the park. And another thing, our house these days are so, so compact that we don't even have enough space in our uh, porch for them to play. You know, we have a car park there with all the uh, motorbike and bicycle and everything there. They don't have enough enough space to play. And uh, when they are taken out, they said uh, they're not free to leave them to run around and play. There are so many foreigners around and we are not very comfortable, they say. Thank you very much, Farmis. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, Getting outside. Actually, it is important. You can learn outside. You can go and run and then the mother can teach. This is a hibiscus. This is the stamen. This is the pollen. And then look at that bird. What kind of a bird is it? You have to make the time. On weekends. And that's what I don't understand. On the one hand, we're talking about overparenting. On the other, we're doing injustice to our children by doing this. But we, we don't but we're in denial. Did so, you know that 46% of children in Malaysia are vitamin D deficient? I can, I can believe that. Our whole population is vitamin D deficient. Wait, so, so is that the consequence of it? Because parents feel guilty that they're not spending enough time with their children and so it manifests itself in this weird overparenting. Well, in a way, yes, it is a check and balance because a parent can't spend as much time because they feel that they have to be out in the field to work, to earn money. They actually try to absolve the guilt by buying gifts for the children. But the best gift a parent can give a child is time and attention. It's okay, mom and dad, you give me lots of time. Just keep the gifts coming. (laughs) Keep the gifts coming. (laughs) But you see, giving them time does not mean sitting with them while you hold a phone or a tablet and the child is sitting there looking at you. And then while you're happily chatting with your friends on Uh, social media. Giving them time and attention means getting involved in whatever they're doing, whether it's biology, whether it's uh, blocks, whether it's colouring, you see? I have have another question for you. Um, You see a lot of parents being a paediatrician. A lot of them are Googling today. Yes. How do you manage that? I tell them what sites to go to if it is something... Because I do cardiology as well and very often... WebMD is the bane of your existence. <laughs> uh, not really. Mayo I can Clinicus. use it to my... I can use it to my advantage. I said, bring in whatever you Google, let's discuss, and then I will tell you whether it's true or false. There's no point in shutting down media. That's what we're doing. Some parents are saying, no internet for you, to their children. But you can't do that. That is the bread and butter of today's existence. If you deny your children access to the internet... that'll get them left behind, right? Yes, that will get them left behind. But what's important is to teach them the right way to use the internet and to be aware of the dangers lurking out there, to teach them the meaning of digital trail. And that you don't do by naming and shaming yourself. You know, you as adults should be responsible as well. If you tell them no internet, no this, no that, they're going to grow up 
totally oblivious or they're going to go to their friend's house and they're going to watch things that you don't want them to watch in the first place. Yeah. And now we have a lot of children with um, various disabilities. Um, well, the screen, for an example, um, can cause a lot of problems going forward. So then you have parents who are in denial. Um, how do you get this message across that this a certain condition is really a problem? Unfortunately, uh, most of the time what you can do is just to tell them again and again, encourage them, but not to the point of nagging because then it'll just turn them off and they won't come back and to continue and monitor the child. And by the time the child goes to kindy, somebody else will actually point out if there's a problem as well. Some parents are more receptive than others. All right. Call us, folks, 0377109000 and tell us, are we overparenting our children as, are we overparenting our children as Malaysians? And we've got Nagesh on the line. Thank you for holding, Nagesh. Um, you hope that you're not overparenting? Oh, give us examples. Hello? Hello. There we are. You hope you're yeah. not overparenting? I think I'm uh, opposite being overparenting, actually. Well, tell, tell me more. Um, okay. Uh, my background, uh, uh, my dad is a military man. Right, so uh, being a military family, you know, say military family is a military man. Uh, you know, he makes us do a lot of house calls, you know, during the weekend, clean this, clean that up. Right. I do, uh, so I do remember one time that me and my brother were arguing and fighting, and uh, he comes up and he takes out his military bread and a uh, military belt and gets, you know, what will happen next. So, so, so you were someone who was overparented in more ways than one. Uh, not say overparenting, but my parents uh, do, you know, let us be, you know, doing our kitchens, exploring things and so on. So the same thing I try to do with my kids. I'm married with two kids. Uh, I'm staying in Sumanjum, but my kids are with my wife back in Sabah. So there's one time the kids come down for Christmas, and after Christmas I fly them back off to Sabah again and uh, we're on this uh, you know, departure hall waiting for a flight uh, me and my boys then we were sitting at the waiting hall then uh, in opposite us uh, there was Chinese little Chinese girl and her brother and beside them the, I think that's the grandmother so what my second set did uh, without imagining he tried to impress the girl by doing push-ups <laughs> carrying the bag that's adorable <laughs> carrying the bag doing weightlifting and the, the the grandparent of the girls looked at me and Khan and she told me that your son is very, uh, your son is very smart, but he's at naughty. So you know what I tell I she's trying to manage is that I'm a bad parent. Okay. How old was the child at that time? Uh, okay, he was six years old. Oh, oh, oh. it's so young. But th- thank you for your call, Nagesh. Uh, that's something that happens a lot, the judgment of other parents and grandparents. Yes, because sometimes parents, are, people like to pass judgment without knowing the whole story because they think it makes them sound smart. I think we as parents have to be strong and stand firm if we think that what we are doing is right. But physical abuse should not be a way, should not be acceptable because what happens if you punish a child physically for some wrongdoing, the next time he's not going to tell you yeah. and he's going to hide and by the time you find out, you know, a lot of damage may have occurred. Okay, and um, I want to ask you a little bit more about health, um, Dr. Yong. Um, the recent upsurge in childhood preventable diseases. I think we saw uh, measles, we saw diphtheria this year. Um, why are we seeing more of these childhood preventable diseases? There are a few reasons. One, I think more parents are taking their children to see a doctor because we, I, for one, have never seen a case of diphtheria in my entire career. But uh, today, doctors are seeing it again because there's been a drop in the number of vaccinees. Parents, some parents are opting not to vaccinate their children because of some misinformation mm-hmm. on the internet. There again, the, the pitfalls of the internet. Unfortunately, there are others who egg on these parents. Yeah. And some parents are more vulnerable than others and feel that their decision is correct. Unfortunately, it may cause the lives of their children or the children of others. I'm just saying, yeah, it's not even just their children. It's the children of others, others children play yes. with and, you know, yeah. Uh, so that's one. Secondly... 
because more children are sent to daycares and nurseries. Sometimes parents send the children despite the children being unwell. I've seen kids with full-blown chickenpox running around at the curve because that's where I normally go. And parents are quite okay with that. And then sometimes you find them with florid rashes. Same thing with hand, foot and mouth disease, which is not a vaccine-preventable disease, but a contagious disease nonetheless. Yep. And at the time when we had an H1N1 outbreak, even if you tell the parents that the kids have to be kept at home, they say, oh, no, wait, wait, I've got to go to Tesco first. I've got to do this. Some people may pass judgment and say that's very selfish of the parent. But if you look at the other way, what if she has no one to care for at home, no one to care for the child at home, and she absolutely has to buy milk, bread, rice or food? Does she have any other choice? So some of these are victims of circumstance. Some of these are because of what we are today, because of how society has evolved today. Extended families are no longer the norm. A lot of parents are parenting their own children. Mm. Mates are hard to come by. Parents are also so busy, as you said, they come back late at night. They may not notice that the kid is not well and they just send off to the nursery the next day and then we have an outbreak. Are we exposed to more viruses and bacteria today or is it just a perception? We are exposed to less compared to before in a certain way. Previously, we couldn't identify a lot of the viruses. Uh, in the 60s, in the 70s, you see a lot more children getting hepatitis A, for example, because the level of cleanliness was lower. But today, most children would not have been exposed to hepatitis A and would not have natural antibodies. Cholera, typhoid, they are not as common as before. Malaria, you hardly hear of it anymore. When I was a medical student, there was no such thing as hepatitis C. It was hep A, hep B, hep non A, non B. But today you have until G. So hmm. naturally the diagnosis, yeah, my kids call me mum of the hep A, uh, non A, non B. <laughs> because of my era. <laughs> so we are learning more. We're being, we are able to identify more viruses. So it appears that more children are being affected by more viruses. All right. Well, you know, you can find out all of this and more at BFM's first Health and Living Junior event this Sunday, November 13, 2016. Uh, Dr. Yong's going to be there talking about all of this stuff. It's, you're going to have great conversations with doctors. You can interact with them. There are going to be panel discussions. Uh, it's all happening at Connection at Nexus Bangsa South between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. You can register at our website, bfm.my slash health. But, but if you're feeling lucky, we're actually giving out 10 pairs of tickets this evening all you have to do is take part in our sms poll you can answer this very simple question do malaysians over parent our kids just text yes or no to 0162019000 along with your full name and ic number do malaysians over parent our kids uh, mira before we wrap up talk back thursday today go on and plug the event <laughs> come because we've got a stellar lineup of pediatricians um, and the minister is going to be there yes, as well this is going to uh, open at 10 30 on sunday um we're going to be grilling him on all things policy when it comes to our children. Um, Zika, for an example, dengue. Um, why haven't we taken on this vaccine for such, you know, it's uh, in four countries, uh, ten, I think more already now. Um, but we seem to be hesitant. So we'll speak to him about that. Um, we will be talking about allergies, which is a huge problem amongst children and parents grapple with that. We have the guru when it comes to um, allergies, Dr. Amir Hamza. He is a clinical immunologist. Um, we will move on to the important of play, which is uh, led, will be led by Dr. Rajani Sarvanandan. She's one in three or four developmental pediatricians in the country. We don't have many. So if you want to come and find out more about that, we will be discussing battle of the bugs. A lot of us don't understand the difference between a virus and a bacteria. bacteria. Um, when do we give our children antibiotics? When do we not? Um, hand, foot, mouth is one of the prevalent, um, uh, you know, um, infectious diseases, which makes its round every year. Um, why is that? Should we be paranoid about these things? And finally, um, the panel with Dr. Yong Junina, um, are we overreacting when our children are ill? Um, so that we'll talk about. We always talk about overnutrition. We will. We also want to address 
undernutrition um, and how that affects uh, development and of course all the other basic things um, how do you give your children medication in the right doses um, the importance of reading the prescription you know simple things like that so come and ask your questions I mean I think it's a great lineup um, so 10 to 4 p.m. Um, 10 to 4 p.m. Sunday what better way to spend a Sunday all you have to do folks is go to bfm.my slash health and register there I just want to conclude I have one question for Dr. Young what do the kids really need Dr. Young what do kids really need? What they need is unconditional love and acceptance from their parents. They need to know that they are safe. They need to know that their parents do not see them as failures, no matter what they do. And they need to know that even if they come back with bad results, their parents are not going to punish them and they don't have to fear for their lives. Sadly, the incidence of suicide amongst children is on the rise, you hear of children committing suicide even after UPSR now because they are worried about what their parents say. Do you hear parents, uh, you hear children uh, fearing to tell the parents about certain things because they don't think, they don't feel safe enough to talk about these things to their parents. So parents give your children time because they're only children once. Give them your time, give them your attention, give them your love. Mira, Dr. Yong, thank you so much for spending your evening with us thank here today you. on Talk Back Thursday. We've got Billy Idol coming your way after these messages with Cradle of Love, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.